The Flywheel, an Amazon podcast by Celix. Welcome to The Flywheel, an Amazon podcast hosted by two Amazon strategic account managers, PPC experts, and automation geeks. Whether you're a seller, an Amazon agency, or a vendor, we have seen it all, and we're here to talk, discuss, and share. My name is Tommaso. My name is Courtney, and welcome to Flywheel. Hey, Tommaso. Hi, Courtney. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How are you? Not too bad. Uh, stuck in the snow, but at least we have electricity here. That's, that's always a good thing. Electricity is, is vital if you're going to be stuck in the snow. It's uh, and in not a too pandemic. bad. Oh yeah, and in a pandemic, uh, it's not too bad in Brooklyn. Um, it's actually pretty sunny and no snow, but I think we're gonna get hit in a couple days. Yeah, the pandemic has kind of shifted what I consider the minimum for survival. Now I just need heat, food, and Netflix. And electricity require like they they all require electricity, so I should be fine. Yeah. Uh, so today we have our first topic that came from a, a listener request and it's basically going to start with the basics of ppc so just the real down to like the fundamentals we're calling it the bread and butter of ppc because you know that we love anything to do with food if there is not a food reference uh reach out to us because there is something wrong uh yeah. we're gonna try and fit it in as much as possible but i think you know this gives us a good chance because uh as the kind of the requester mentions like we are automation geeks so we are amazon geeks and a lot of our listeners are not necessarily there yet so today i'll i'll start by asking you some questions gorney but let's let's start by defining what ppc is yeah Great place to start. So PPC is just pay-per-click, and it's a model that was started essentially by Google and search, and it's the idea that there's all kinds of different advertising that you can do digitally especially, but even before digital advertising, there were you could advertise in newspapers, you could advertise on billboards, but when it comes to digital advertising, they've taken those same concepts and then brought it online because that's where the eyeballs are. So PPC at its core is the idea that it's something that someone can search. So again, back to Google. And if someone's searching for your business or your product, you have the opportunity to put your ad or your product in front of that eyeball. And instead of paying for it in a different model, which is how you would how traditionally you pay for it with uh, display advertising, you would do what was called a CPM model, which is cost per thousand. Ooh, fun fact. Do you know what CPM stands for, Tommaso? I don't. I, I come from the online madman generation. I have <laughs> never touched anything in print or paper. I learned this in college, and it's a fun fact that no one thinks is that fun besides me. But uh, you think because it's cost per thousand, it would be, uh, you know, CPT. But it's cost per, uh, or CPM is cost per mil, which is uh, Latin for a thousand. You know, Corny, I actually knew that. I'm embarrassed. I, I, I didn't I am supposed to know. My Latin teacher is like revolting and it's not I think he's still alive actually, I can't say that, but he never <laughs> liked me anyway, so, so it's okay. <laughs> well uh is it mill? I guess now you can correct me. Is it mill or is it like milli? 
or how would you pronounce it? Well, what's funny about fun fact of the day, um, Latin is a dead language, right? And right. there are modern interpretations of different pronunciation styles, but truly we have no actual idea on how they used to pronounce things. You can use Italian as a base and kind of read it from an, with an Italian pronunciation. There is still some variations there. Uh, that should be the closest, but ultimately even Italians say, oh, we have the right way to speak Latin. They don't know. Nobody knows. Oh, so if it, if I was going to use the Italian pronunciation, then how would I say it? I mean, in Italian, it's mille. I don't remember how m mil is um, is spelled in Latin, but it kind of, you know, oh. it, it's dead anyways. Let's skip it there. Yeah. Uh, so that was quite a tangent. But yeah, so uh, traditionally with, with uh, display advertising, you would pay per thousand impressions. Uh, with search, though, you can pay per click. So that's what PPC stands for. And so it's important to remember, though, as we're talking about this, that think about how you would search on Google, especially Google in 2005, 2007, 2010. And then think about how Amazon has now taken this model and how it's different from that. And how is it different? Yeah, so... One of the main things is that Amazon is an e-commerce platform. So when you go to Amazon, you're not searching necessarily for, uh, for well, you probably aren't at all searching for a coffee shop that's near you. You're searching to buy something. So the way that you search, your intention of how you search is going to be different on the different platforms that you're searching on. So with Amazon, you have to keep in mind that people are kind of ready to buy because they're they're here, they're trying to look for a product and they're interested in it. Now we can kind of back up and say that the that there are different ways that people search that will indicate how likely they are to buy, and we'll discuss that later in in this podcast. But uh, just keep that in mind when you're setting up your campaigns that and you're looking at different features like uh, ad scheduling, for example, that those were all borrowed from what Google was doing when someone was looking for like a coffee shop near them and how that may or may not apply on Amazon. Interesting. And I think, you know, coming from Salix, which is, you know, an analytics and automation, we are very uh, KPI oriented. And on Amazon, there is so many metrics to look at. Uh, what are the, you know, Let's give a definition, since this is a bread and butter podcast. What are these KPIs? Why are they important? What do they show us? What do they tell us? Yeah, so KPI stands for Key Performance Indicator. And even if you're, if you're new to PPC or you're new to advertising, these might be you know, words that you're still familiar with, that you know the idea of what they are in general. Uh, you could probably even define them if you needed to. But I think it's important to set a good foundation here and just talk about like at their core what each of these KPIs are trying to achieve. So one of the most um, overlooked KPI, I think, is impressions. Impressions are the foundation of what PPC is. It's the idea that when you build a campaign and you have your search terms, how many impressions is the platform awarding you when someone searches for your product and would your product show up? Without an impression, nothing else can happen, right? That's the very first uh, KPI that we should care about. Even though we quickly move on to the other KPIs, that's kind of a big one. Yeah, and an impression in the real-life world is just 
basically a customer just giving a quick glance at an ad. Am I correct? Yeah. So when I in my in my history of of digital advertising and explaining digital advertising to folks, uh, I would always use the billboard example. So if you're on a highway and you're driving down the highway and there's a billboard, that billboard is priced based on how much traffic that highway kind of has, how many people are driving by that billboard. So to bring that digitally online or to bring that into the digital sphere, it's the same idea. How many people are looking at that thing? Love it. And I know that we have talked on this podcast before about the waterfall effect and kind of what is, after impression, what is the next metric? Yeah. So someone seeing your ad, eyeballs on the ad, that's an impression. And then if someone has interest in it, they click. So quickly we move from just being able to to be out there and to show something and then into kind of more of an intention. And that relationship between the impression and the click that's your click-through rate. And one of the very first things that you can determine from a click-through rate is how relevant your traffic is to what someone is seeing. So if you show me an ad for something I'm not interested in, I'm not going to click on it. So if you have a low click-through rate, that can kind of be an indication that maybe you're not showing your ad to the right people. Or on the right keywords or on the right agents since uh, Amazon works on keyword and, and, and product targeting, right? And uh, click-through rate. And then I guess after clicks, of course, there is orders, right? Yeah. So ideally, if, if everything went as planned, you'd have someone search for a product of yours. You'd get an impression. That person would click on it. They would see the detail page. Everything looks great. And then they click add to cart and then they buy it. And so you go from a click to an order. And the relationship between that next stage, that click to order ratio, that's your conversion rate. So another very important rate that you kind of keep an eye uh, on. But we talked about, okay, click-through rate is low. uh, It means that there is low relevance. So what does it mean when your conversion rate is low? Oh, great question, Tommaso. So this is when you kind of have to ask yourself, well, Someone searched for for something, I showed them my ad, they liked it enough to click on it, and then when they got to my ad, or to my product page, I should say, they didn't like something about it. So why didn't they? Everything was going so well, so why did they not buy it? So sometimes you have to look at your product detail page and determine, is the information on your product detail page what you need it to be? Uh, Is the content correct? Are you describing the products well? Can someone make a decision from that? from that page. That's a huge part of the conversion rate process. Uh, Because remember when you're clicking on something, especially on Amazon, you're just getting basically a photo and then a small description and then, you know, the star rating and star count. But once you're on the page, that's when you get all of the information. That's why content is so very, very important. And it's very much part of the PPC advertising world, even if we don't necessarily talk about it as much right and uh, i i think that it, this is a good shift into uh, switching to talk about something that people talk about all the time it's probably the most talked about metric on amazon right acos <laughs> what does acos stand for corny yeah it's advertising cost of sale that's what it means and i honestly want to make a blog that just says why acos is the worst KPI in the world, and then have another blog that says why ACOS is the best 
KPI in the world <laughs> because you can you can get a lot of information out of this ACOS KPI, but you can also be blinded by everything else by this this ACOS KPI. Uh, it kind of reminds me of when I worked at a different um, company when I start first started at at in digital advertising. Our reporting showed impressions first, and like we mentioned, impressions are important, but it quickly starts to go into a different story. But when my clients would look at the chart, they would see the impressions change. And that was the first thing we showed them. And so right. we conditioned them to think that impressions were really, really important. And I think that's what happens with Amazon and ACOS. We've conditioned people to care about ACOS so much and to only look at that KPI that we're overlooking the bigger story here. So ACOS, just so you know, listeners, uh, it's spend divided by ad sales. So you can figure out your a cost for anything even though amazon calculates it for you well also something else right like not only you can figure out your a cost for everything but being a very simple little equation it gives you the opportunity if you know two variables you can find the other simple math and yeah uh, you can solve Exactly. So, and if your X, oftentimes your X is how much do I need to spend to get to my goal? One of the things that if you know what your goal is at sales and you know what your category average ACOS is, you can calculate exactly how much you need to spend to on average get the result that you want. Now, you may ask, how would I find my average ACOS for my category? Well, we're going to add in the description below, there is going to be a resource section. Uh, it's called the Benchmarker. It's in beta. It's one of the uh, many uh, Celix free tools. Check it out. But one of the things that it gives you is also your uh, average ACOS for your category. Yeah. And that is using data to come up with, with this information so you can use the average of your category. But I think even beyond that, we can kind of start to play around with this number and say, and be curious and say, well, what if I had a 10% ACOS? What if I had a 30% ACOS? What if my budget is $1,000 at a 10% ACOS? What if my budget is $100,000 at a 10% ACOS? Like that relationship will quickly start to paint a picture of the levers that you have here uh, when it comes to ACOS and what you're trying to achieve. I always talk about how, you know, if we have a set budget and we talk a lot about ACOS, but we don't talk about budget with clients, right? They'll say, oh, I just want to have this ACOS, but their budgets could fluctuate so much and that could really be hurting them because if they had a standard budget, if they said, I'm going to spend $5,000 a month, then we have a little bit more ability to control, uh, well, we're controlling the budget. So then we can actually help back into that ACOS because we're not letting the spend fluctuations dictate the, the performance essentially. Um, I got all excited talking about ACOS. Now I'm a little lost. Do you remember what we were talking about? No, absolutely. We're talking about metrics. And there is two metrics that we have not talked about, but they need a little bit of context, which are CPC, cost per click, and bid. Now, these two metrics are basically, they, they outline how much you're bidding for a specific keyword that you're targeting with your ad, and your cost per click is how much you're actually spending for it. Now, I think uh, what confuses a lot of people is like, how is it possible that my bid, how much I'm bidding for something is different from what I'm paying? Well, and that's where we need to give a little bit of context in what a second price auction is. Um, are you ready, Courtney? Should I jump into this? 
Yeah, I think also what I, I didn't mention in my uh, in what is PPC is the concept of the auction in general. So do you want to explain also what's happening with this auction that we're talking about? Yeah, absolutely. So what what is the last thing you bought on Amazon, Courtney? Give me give me a some a, a good starting point. Yeah, I uh, just bought. Oh, I got um, two dozen roses delivered to my house for Valentine's Day. Not to brag, but I needed to buy pruning shears for them so that I could make uh -huh. sure that they were um, they lived as long as possible. That's beautiful. So you got uh, pruning scissors for roses. Okay. Yes. Um, now let's put it this way: whenever we search something on Amazon, we're not closely, I mean, unless you're us and you're like, you know all these things, you usually just search and you want a product to come up, right? Now, whenever you put something in that search bar and you maybe search uh, pruning scissors for roses, Valentine's Day, uh, and you press search, there is all this group of very greedy advertisers ready to throw their money at your click, at your eyes by saying, I'm going to bid, let's say, a dollar. Uh, so that when somebody searches for pruning scissors for roses, my product shows and not another advertiser's. Of course, usually the highest bidder wins the auction and they get to show their product on that specific query. So that's a little bit of how it works. But because there is so much demand, there is so many advertisers bidding in, it's a competition. It's a matter of who wins that auction and who's going to get that placement. This so, is kind of the basics of it, right? Yeah. So, Tommaso, can I just, if that's the case, can I just bid $20 and I'll just always win the auction? I mean, you can if you want to. That's called basically deep playing defense. It's a risky strategy, but yes, you can bid $20 and always win. Yeah. And, well, you wouldn't always win, but you would then be likely to win because you're willing to spend right. more. Uh, but also that would just mean that um, if everyone that just bid more won, then it could have a problem with relevancy, right? So Amazon right. has something on the back end where they're looking at things like the history of the account, the history of the product, the sales history of the product, uh, all of the different keywords that those products uh, have have won in the auction before. And that relevancy is kind of helping them decide whether or not you are relevant for this auction. Yeah. So there, it's not always just about like, oh, well, the person who just pays the most wins. It's actually more complicated than that. And this yes. is all brought back to Google and the fact that one of the reasons we used Google in 2003 was because they got the algorithm of what is relevant they figured that out better than any of the other search engines so that they understood the context of like, if I'm looking for, um, you know, pandas, then I will find pandas and not Panda Express the restaurant down the street or whatever the case is. Um, so that that relevancy is also a key part of like how the auction works. Right. But I think you bring up a good point. So all variables kind of, let's say that every relevancy being uh, taken as a constant, then you can bid uh, whatever you want. And usually the, high, the highest bid, of course, wins. But this brings up a good point. Can you bid 20 bucks? Yes, you can, keeping relevancy as a constant, but you're probably most likely 
not going to be paying $20. Now, why is that? And that is because Amazon uses a bit of a different type of auction that it's called a second price auction. Uh, the history of auctions is actually fascinating. Like we could do a whole episode about that. But they come from, you know, auctions come from livestock and art, uh, which is fascinating. That's why first price auctions are actually called Dutch auctions because the Dutch were the first to invent uh, an art market for, you know, using paintings as commodity. So that's called the Dutch uh, Dutch auction, meaning the highest bidder wins, and that's what they pay plus a fee. But this is not Dutch. This is a whole different thing. It's a second price auction. So let's give an example. Corny and I go to Sotheby's to bid on a Picasso because we did very well doing uh, Amazon advertising. And uh, Corny is there to win. She wants this Picasso. So she goes in and bets, I'm throwing out numbers here, a uh, million dollars. And I mean, I'm a baller. We all know this. So I'll bid her a million five. Then she's like, look, I want to cut this short because I really want this Picasso. I have no time to waste. I have brunch waiting for me outside. I don't have all day. $3 million. And I'm out. I don't have $3 million. I did not do that well on Amazon regardless. So I'm there. So in a second price auction, Corny bid $3 million. She won the painting. But guess what? She's not going to pay the highest price. She's going to pay the second highest price bid my $1.5 million bid. So Courtney, while she had the winning bid at 3 million, she's taking home the painting at 1.5 million plus some fees. And this is exactly how an Amazon auction works. If you bid $20 on uh, pruning scissors for roses, but the second highest bid is 20 cents, your CPC or cost per click will actually be 20 cents. That, that was a beautiful explanation, Tommaso. Uh, that was wonderful. I can't and believe it. Congratulations I... on the painting, Corny. Yes, thank you. I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, there is one situation in which this isn't the case, though, and that would be fixed bids, right? So just a little caveat there. Yes, make sure that whenever you set your bid strategy, as if you are here for the bread and butter, just set down only and don't ask too many questions. We'll, we'll get to it in another, in another <laughs> yeah, episode. Keep listening and we'll discuss why we favor down only. But yeah, right, down but, only is the way to go. But So this is the long way to tell us, look, there is going to be a delta, there is going to be a gap between how much you're bidding and how much you're paying. And that's something important to understand uh, just when you go into Amazon advertising. Uh, now, I think we have covered all the KPIs, all the key performance indicators. Let's talk a little bit about the Amazon real estate, the Amazon spaces. Courtney, do you want to shed some light into this? Yeah, so we talk about real estate a lot because that's kind of how we think about what Amazon.com has, right? This is a website where there are different places, placements on the website that are up for auction that you can buy. Uh, and Amazon's unique in that it's a little hidden and then it's also not hidden. So my background came from was uh, advertising on Google. So Google makes it very, very clear what is a sponsored link and what is not. When I first got to Amazon, I'm an ex-Amazonian, I was actually shocked at how much the, the website kind of hid that information. And you can say whether or not that's ethical. I think Amazon would say that it's a native experience for people. So the advertising should be so 
um, natural to what kind of content you're looking at that there shouldn't really be that much of a differentiation. But on Amazon, there's definitely spots that you're looking at that are paid spots that you may not even know about. So we talk a lot about sponsored products. That's one of the best places for uh, that you can go dive into when it comes to advertising. And then also you have your sponsored brand placements. And then you can even have things like sponsored display or DSP placements. So you have many different types of ads, but these ads can go and kind of cover different areas of the real estate. And the way I kind of, I classify the real estate, you're right, it needs to be classified by the areas that you're buying. Sponsored product is buying a different area of the real estate. Sponsored brand, it's like the top banner on top of page. But then within these areas of the real estate, there is kind of different niches. I divide them into three families, uh, category, branded, and competitor. So for example, uh, Courtney, when you search your pruning scissors, that's a category search term. You did not specify in your query which brand made the scissors, right? So it's yeah. up for grabs. You're just looking for a solution. And with no idea, you're not returning customer. You're not looking for a specific brand. Now, if you had a specific brand in mind, let's say that I am a Mr. Scissors and I sell pruning scissors on Amazon, one of my branded uh, spaces would be Mr. Scissors pruning scissors as a search term. And if you searched my scissors, that would be branded, meaning that is my space. It's a customer. Corny already wanted Mr. Scissors pruning scissors, and that's what she searched for. So she technically has already expressed interest in buying my product, meaning just by the query, right? And that means that your conversion rate most likely is going to be a little bit higher. The opposite on, you know, my biggest competitor is Mr. Scissors is uh, Scissors Jr. I don't know. And uh, Scissors Jr., in that case, if I was putting advert, uh, ads on the search term uh, Scissors Jr. pruning scissors, that would be a competitor search term, a competitor real estate. It's their territory. And when I go and put my ad of Mr. Scissors scissors on somebody else's territory, my conversion rate is actually going to be a lot lower because the customer has already expressed interest in buying somebody else's product. Yeah, an excellent point. And conversion rate here is important to note because those different conversion rates are going to impact your ACoS for the, that different kind of traffic. But ultimately, you could still get orders from these searches. So you don't want to necessarily limit yourself. You just want to be strategic about how you divide your traffic and how you go after to try and get eyeballs on your products, get those impressions. Right. Uh, and then for anyone that's that maybe is thinking about marketing, when I picture this happening just naturally in my brain, I'm just thinking of a funnel, right? So kind of the the lower we go, the more likely the conversion is. So branded is that low-hanging fruit like we should get a conversion really easy for that. Someone's already looking for you. Category is kind of mid funnel. They're just looking for something in general. They don't really know what they want yet. And then competitor would be kind of the highest on that just because they're looking for someone that's not you. Each one will definitely get you orders, uh, but it's going to have a different cost associated with it, a different conversion rate associated with it, and therefore a different A cost associated with it. 
Absolutely. A, a great way to kind of bring it back to those KPIs that we're talking about. And, you know, before we, we leave for today, there is a one last thing that I think we should kind of cover uh, about Amazon advertising as a bread and butter knowledge. And that is the concept of the Amazon onion. Uh, the Amazon onion is, is a funny metaphor that we made up at Celex to kind of explain the fact that, you know, just like an onion on Amazon, whenever you take off a layer, you find another one. And this is kind of a reference for Amazon campaigns, right? Campaigns on Amazon contain a lot of different layers to them. So you set your budget at the campaign level, but once you remove a layer, you find ad groups, basically sub campaigns. In each ad group, you're gonna have targets or keywords that you're bidding on. This can be broad, that can be phrase, that can be exact match. And then if you peel another layer, you're gonna have the search term. So you are bidding on a keyword and the search term is the actual search term that, uh, that triggered a click. So just think about this whenever you're setting up, there is many, many layers to the campaigns that you're, that you're creating, which allows you to kind of customize your structure, put things in the right silos, so that makes it easier for you to read your performance and also take action when action is needed because you have everything a little bit compartmentalized, which, you know, this also brings up the topic that we're going to discuss next week, which is budgets and campaign structures, where we're going to take all of these concepts, right? Like the KPIs, the real estate, and talk about, okay, the Amazon onion, how do we craft our campaigns? How do we uh, put budgets together and separate budgets for different campaigns uh, to have the maximum result? Yeah, and I think that there's many ways that people tackle this, this topic. And the way that we'll talk about it is our preference, but whatever, wh however you decide to do it, uh, Amazon allows you to be very customizable with that. So this will just be one more uh, idea or one more way that you can think about it. And you can kind of pick our brains and how we like to think about it and how we like to structure things based on all of the things that we discussed today. Absolutely. Courtney, thank you so much for joining me for another episode. It's always a pleasure to be here with you. Uh, thank you, listener, for listening in. Uh, you know, you can send us questions through Anchor or by emailing us at theflywheel.com. Just like today, we are listening, we are taking requests, ask us questions, we are here to help. Uh, also, you can leave us a comment, you can follow us to get updates and notifications on new episodes, and you, we will see you with a new episode next Wednesday. You already know the topic. Have a good one.